Hello everyone. Happy New Year again. I haven't done this for a couple weeks because of uh, Christmas and New Year's, but wanted to spend some time, even though it's a Thursday right now, to do a sermon scrap. For the past couple weeks, talk through some things that are coming up, and uh, yeah, walk through some of uh, the implications of some of what we've been studying recently. So a couple weeks ago, we wrapped up our series on demystifying discipleship, where we looked at the need to disciple informally and formally, primarily using Deuteronomy 6, what is known as the Shema, as our primary text. One of the things that that stood out to me as I was preparing and, and thinking through that message was the need for us to inwardly digest the Bible. It's not enough for us to just read it. It's not enough for us us to just know facts about the Bible. We need to bring it into ourselves and begin digesting it and then living it out in our lives. It it, it just stood out to me because there's there's so many people today that have uh, celiacs or or digestive issues that it was was, uh, just kind of funny to me thinking through how we we so often have undiagnosed spiritual digestive issues, like we don't live out or apply the truths that we are ingesting as as we come on Sunday mornings, attend small groups, read Bible, uh, read the Bible in our own listen to to sermons, those kinds of things. We so often just have a tendency to go with these undiagnosed spiritual digestive issues, and that's why we need each other to help us understand, and not just help each other understand, but actually apply and hold each other accountable in that. So the the main point I wanted to get across in this discipleship series is discipleship is just learning how to live a fully flourishing life, surrendered to Jesus Christ, serving under his lordship, doing everything we have as an opportunity to worship, honor, and glorify him. so there is nothing that is left out in this. You need discipleship in how do you handle your money in a healthy and a helpful way. Uh, you need discipleship in parenting. How do you parent in a God-honoring and a faithful way? Uh, you need you need uh, discipleship in grandparenting. What does it mean to be a grandparent in a healthy and a helpful way? Speaking of which, we will be starting a class on uh, Wednesday, January 18th on grandparenting. What does it mean to be a faithful, godly grandparent to the next generation and continue pouring into them? So uh, it'll begin January 18th. There will be some more details coming out about that. That will be taught by Rick Decker. Uh, Rick and Debbie are, are new time uh, attenders of South Suburban. So if you have questions, questions, I'd encourage you to talk to him about that. But that will be a wonderful opportunity for you to get to know some other people and spend some time thinking about what does it mean to grow as a disciple in grandparenting. Um, you need to grow as a disciple with eating, with drinking. How do you grow as a disciple with, with working? Like there's nothing left out of discipleship. Now, one of the things that I, I want to emphasize with this is I have yet to meet anyone who says they don't want to live a flourishing life, like a, a life that is full and contented. And the best way to do that is to live within the boundaries that God has established. Remember, I, I've shared this illustration before, but kids were given an opportunity at two different playgrounds. One had fences, one didn't. The one that had fences, kids explored all the way up to the fence because they felt safe and secure. Those without fences stayed really close to the teacher because they didn't want to run too far away and, and miss something that, that came up. So they didn't feel as safe as they did. So God has provided these fences, these frameworks that allow us to live a life of flourishing. So if we stay within those those perimeters, if the, within those boundaries, we're going to, to st- see a, a, a flourishing life. And some of the way that, that you think about this is when do you share with people how you're really doing? I was uh, reminded of a Swedish proverb recently that says, shared joy is double joy, shared sorrow is half sorrow. 
I think that's a good way, good way to put it. Like it, it's, it's a way of, of, of uh, exemplifying what Paul talks about in Romans 12. We are to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. So discipleship is the way we're supposed to live life in the context of the church. We're supposed to live differently than the world around us. We're supposed to slowly surrender more and more and more of our lives to Jesus Christ as our Lord, serving him more fully and more faithfully. And the thing about it is you can do it. it thankfully for us, it's, and thankfully for me, it's not rocket science. Instead, it's just being faithful with the things that God has called us to. It's, it's bringing intentionality to our everyday experiences. Now, one of the things that stood out to me in this, in this uh, series as well is the quote that Micah shared from Dan Spader, who says, When people are on the receiving level over a long period, they become critics, not servants. Let me read that again. When people are on the receiving level over a long period, that is, they just continue getting more and more information, they become critics, not servants. And that's the opposite. That's the antithesis of what God has called us to. Mark 9.35, Jesus says, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and a servant of all. It's really easy to slip into that critical mindset or, or even looking at other people who may not be gifted or equipped the same way as you and look down on them critically instead of looking for opportunities to serve them, disciple them, help them become more like Christ. So the big idea that I want you walking away from that series with is, are you watching your life and your doctrine closely? Now, the ways that we have provided to try to help you do that are small groups for life, classes for doctrine. And then above all those things is Sunday morning. So if you, if you need help with, with accountability in your life, get involved in a small group. Let me encourage you to do that. If there are theological issues or, or ideas, uh, questions that you are wrestling with, come invo get involved in a class. So starting up again this next week is we're going to be continuing uh, 50 Core Truths of the Christian Faith. Uh, this next week, we're going to be studying a, uh, for a second week uh, the communicable attributes of God. If you don't know what those are, I'd like to invite you to come and, and join us. We'll be upstairs at 9 o'clock. There's a couple other classes as well. I'm not exactly sure what they're studying right now, but find some way to get involved and continue taking one step closer to Christ. And then above all those things is Sunday morning, which serve as, as the description I've heard that I love is a tuning fork. That is, it's it's the, the thing that, that reminds us that which is really true. It's it serves as weekly reminders for us and then allows us together to celebrate how God is working in and through all of us. Now, uh, th that's the discipleship piece. So I'm hoping that we just become more and more intentional about as I've, I've made our, our uh, mission statement to make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That becomes more and more of our focus where we just continue looking for what it means to take one step closer to Jesus. Foundation for that as we begin this new series this past week on theological tune-up is the Bible. So I explained why we need the Bible this past week, and, and I just touched on a couple things I wanted to explain a little bit further today. So one is the uh, uh, current debate around inerrancy and infallibility. So if, if you weren't here or you've forgotten already, inerrancy is that the Bible is, is without error in the original writings. Um, so everything it, it says is truthful. Infallible, it means that, that it will accomplish the intended goals that God wants for it. Uh, those used to be synonymous, but they have, have become separated from each other, where people will argue for infallibility, but not inerrancy. So infallibility is it will accomplish that which God intends it to accomplish. So what people will argue is that the Bible is infallible only related to, or even inerrant, only in matters related to doctrine or salvation. So then those are the people who, like I shared an example of someone who doesn't believe Jonah is a true story. 
So then, then they will treat that like it, it, it ends up pitting the Bible against itself. And, and someone then becomes a higher authority than the authority of Scripture, where you say, well, this part is true, but this part is not. That's where we need to, to be able to understand and articulate inerrancy and infallibility. So the Bible is without error. Now, one of the pieces that I mentioned that I uh, just have... have pondered over myself, and you may ask the same question, is what about the original writing? So in our ESCA statement of faith that, that we, we, we talk about, the Bible is without error in the original writings. Why is that so important? Because we don't have any of the original manuscripts. The things that God actually spoke and, and uh, uh, worked through, Paul, Peter, uh, all the various writers of the Bible, we don't have those original old manuscripts. We only have translations or copies of them. God spoke to a specific person in a specific time in a specific place. Now we can be benefit and we need to continue reading those things today, but we don't have those original things, those ones that were actually inspired and errant and authoritative for that. But because of all the wealth of manuscripts, we have thousands and thousands of copies of scraps of parchment or full documents of, of what the New Testament said, we can put together what the original said. Now, many people have compared this to like, if you were growing up, you played the game of telephone where you like whisper something to someone next to you, they whisper it to the next person. By the time it's gone around the circle, it's a completely different story. That's not how the New Testament was was carried down. It was more like comparing a copy. So like if you if you go to a, a copy machine, make a copy of something that took place, um, that like eventually something's going to change within within those copy. Well, if you copy a picture, if you copy words, I mean, it eventually it starts like fading, it degrades over time. Uh, so it's more like comparing a copy because people uh, the manuscripts, the, the typists, the writers would be doing like a one for one copy and then like but as as if you've ever taken notes or tried to do that you'll miss a word or or misplace a word or misspell a word that's why all this wealth of manuscripts help us get back to what the original one actually said and i also think it's it's another important apologetic argument that we don't have the original writings because god intended it to be that way god doesn't want us worshiping anything but him so he didn't allow those texts to be preserved for us today. He allowed the copies to be preserved for us today so that we're not tempted to worship those documents over and above worshiping God himself. Now, another piece that I just wanted to touch on, so I talked about uh, the Apocrypha on Sunday. I didn't talk about some of the other gospel accounts. So there's other gospels like the Gospel of Thomas uh, that, that um, have, have, I mean, it feels like every... Uh, April, March, sometime in the spring, uh, doc, uh, newspapers or magazines will start talking about these other gospels um, that are, are supposedly more real than the ones that we have and we claim and use as our highest authority. Um, it, I would encourage you, if you haven't, go look some of those up. Like right now, just go look up the Gospel of Thomas and read through it. Um, it's terrible. I mean, it, it's it's embarrassing uh, that that someone would could would try to make the argument that that the Gospel of Thomas is more accurate to what Jesus actually said than the the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we hold to and believe to be the inspired and errant and authoritative Word of God today. Uh, like, so if anyone ever asks you questions about about those other Gospels, ask them which one they're talking about. Ask them if they've ever read it, and ask them to read it with you. Uh, the Gospel of Thomas, in particular. Uh, so I, I talked about some of the the um, ways Mormonism is demeaning to women. Uh, the Gospel of Thomas is actually the exact same thing, very demeaning of women, where it, it, it says that Jesus supposedly said uh, to the disciples that he will take Mary, a woman, and make her a man. Again, just demeaning to 
one of the genders that God has created. Um, so that's that's the Bible. That's why I need the Bible. Uh, some things coming up for you to be aware of. Uh, so we're doing two more weeks on the theological tune-up series, but we switched some things around. So if if we uh, if you're planning to miss one because the, the topic might be a little too sensitive for you, I just wanted to give you a heads up of that. So this next Sunday we're going to be digging into anxiety, and some of that is because it's going to help lay a foundation for for uh, the conversation the next week on transgenderism. So coming up uh, this Sunday the eighth will be anxiety, and then the fifteenth will be a message on uh, transgenderism. How do we engage these from a Christian and a biblical perspective. Um, if you have questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm hoping that they're encouraging and edifying as we as we just need to be equipped to think through these issues in our current culture that we live in today. Uh, we also, just an FYI, will be having a members meeting on January 22nd at 9 a.m., so please mark your calendars for that. Um, initially, we're going to be talking about some of the budgeting stuff, but uh, thanks to your unbelievably generous giving over the month of December, uh, we're going to be talking about some other things. Uh, and things that we're going to be looking, uh, talking through some of the discipleship stuff, some of those other pieces that, that are just uh, ways for us to communicate some of the things that we're talking about uh, big picture as we come into a new year. Uh, so again, thank you so much for the ways that you have, have given above and beyond uh, over the past few weeks. I mean, it's, it's a blessing to see God continue working in and through you for us as, as a church to continue seeking, making, and maturing disciples of Jesus. Honestly, I, I from the bottom of my heart, I cannot express enough how grateful I am to see you, God just continue working through all you. It's a joy to be here and to be serving alongside with you. Um, after the theological tune-up, we're going to eventually be getting to the Gospel of Mark, which I have some journal Bibles over here uh, ready to go. Um, but <coughs> I'm not sure when we're going to be starting that yet. It's going to be sometime between January 22nd and February 5th. I'm, I'm contemplating doing a little brief two-week series in the middle between those two, but we will see. Um, so when I, I, I have like the next year of sermons planned out. I usually do that over the summer sometime. And as you can see, we're going to be in Mark for a really long time. Um, that will be the, honestly, the bulk of the year we'll be studying Mark's gospel with a break in the middle for Psalms in the summer, but I always build some buffer weeks in there just in case something else comes up or I need to expand something in the gospel of Mark. So I'm contemplating doing a little something, two week special thing in January, but I will figure that out in, in a little bit. So hope you all are doing well. Uh, again, mark your calendars for the 22nd. Remember anxiety this week and then transgenderism the next week after that. Stay safe and warm in the midst of the cold weather that we've been having. See you soon.